for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Anthony Slater, who covers the Golden State Warriors for The Athletic, about NBA free agency, which gets going later this week on Thursday. The Warriors have seven potential free agents that could hit the market. They may want to bring some of these guys back. Kevon Looney up at the top of the list. Gary Payton II is near the top. What happens with Otto Porter and Nemanja Bialica? And how do the new rookies who have just joined this roster after last week's draft enter this rotation? All things we can talk about with Anthony Slater, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, June 29th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Anthony Slater. He covers the Golden State Warriors for The Athletic. Haven't had a chance to talk to Anthony since the Warriors took down the 2022 NBA title. Anthony, what's going on, man? How are you, dude? What's up? You know, I had about 14 minutes before having to prep for the draft and free agency, so very refreshed. <laughs> Who's more stressed about the draft, you or Bob Myers? <laughs> to do their I prep. would hope Bob Myers because I was like, you know, I don't have to dig too deep into these 28th pick options, you know, with about four days. They kind of do. So what did you think of the pick? Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the guy they get out of uh, UW Milwaukee. He's a guy who was a uh, a highly sought-after recruit out of high school. He dealt with some injury problems. I know Duke went after him, UNC, Kentucky, and he decided to stay close to home to go play for his dad up at Milwaukee. He seems like he's kind of a raw player. They're hoping they can, I don't know, maybe use this as a little bit of a lottery ticket piece, and, and maybe he becomes a, uh, a role player. Seems to be a good shooter. Defense could be an issue for him. There just wasn't a lot of tape on him at the college level. What do you make of this pick? I did not like it, but again, as we, I think, established coming in, I didn't exactly dig deep on tape on everybody, but I did think, you know, there were some guys out there that I think could have helped more in the next few seasons. You know, EJ Liddell was a guy that I was like, you know, plug and play him potentially, or like uh, Nemhard from, from Gonzaga, although they went and got Ryan Rollins in the second round, a guy they do think can, can maybe turn into a backup point guard over the next couple of seasons that can help. But, you know, the Baldwin college tape is, is not good and one of the most inefficient players in college basketball in his 11 games, you know, 20 isolations, six points. You know, there's all these different numbers that tell you he's one of the least efficient guys in basketball a lot of that was due to an ankle injury. He dislocated his ankle early in his senior season. Apparently, he didn't get it, you know, right enough before he tried to push through it in a college season. And you know, a lot of his athletic testing numbers are red flags in a sense. Where he went to the combine, and I believe he had one of the worst vertical leaps in history. And like some of his shuttle cones and different stuff like that were really low, like bottom five of his class low. And you know, that's a concern. Is is does it? He have NBA level athleticism. Uh, he has length, six ten with a seven one wingspan, I believe it is. But the tape is just screams of a really raw prospect whose high school pedigree got him to the moment that may, that he's getting drafted where he is. But nothing else about what he's done would put him in that category. But we'll see. Again, like you know, like you said, lottery ticket in a sense. I just personally thought there was better options there, but I'm not, uh, you know, the greatest expert in that field. And they have a proven track record getting Pool 28th and Looney 30th that, you know, they're allowed to take swings like this. I guess what's tough when you look at the college tape for a guy like that is, yeah, he joined a team that was not a good team. They lost 22 games. His dad was the head coach and ultimately lost his job at the end of last season. But there's also just not a lot of options around him. So I know we're looking at some of the metrics for this, but when you look at tape like that and you look at teams that are just bad teams, I sort of equate it to like the 49ers taking Trey Lance with the number three pick. Now, he was not as highly sought after as a draft pick, and he's not going to be the, the cornerstone of a franchise. So it's kind of a, we'll see what happens with him. You mentioned he was a raw player, but it's tough to tell just how good a guy is based on the talent around him. Would you agree with that? 
Trey Lance was dominant at the level he was at. And Trey Lance's college tape was intriguing. Like, ooh, look at some of the stuff he's doing. And then, you know, you have to pair it back and be like, look who he's doing it against. You know, Patrick Baldwin was not doing it on that level was the problem. And, you know, he had they played Florida, they played Colorado, and, you know, several air balls. And he was trying to get into, like, different, you know, sets against, you know, what you could, would consider solid college athletes for, for major programs. And it just wasn't there. And, again, they have – messaged out and said that a lot of it was because of this like lingering very serious ankle injury that you know they hope they're gonna kind of ease him in and be patient with him and try to bring that back they're still not sure if he's gonna play summer league yet um, because of you know the, the later stages of his ankle rehab but I mean the Trey Lance comparison I get and like you could even the James Wiseman comparison right three college games but when you look at Trey Lance or when you looked at James Wiseman's college tape it was like whoa this pops off the screen regardless of level he's at with Patrick Baldwin it popped off the screen in a, in a not great way. Yeah, I guess I guess the uh, like the upside to this for the Warriors is that they're drafting a guy who they don't need to step in and, and be a role player. They're not drafting for need right now. They're drafting for depth. They're drafting for the future. They're drafting for for hoping they can extend this window with some of the core guys they've already got there. But but I, I think the positive here is that they don't need him to be successful immediately, which then brings us up to, to free agency. When you look at this free agent field for the Warriors, is it seven guys who, who are free agents on this roster right now? That sounds right. So where do they go in your estimation? Well, I mean, Bob Myers has said, and I think it was you who pointed out to him last week, you know, you'd said in the past that you may hit $400 million. He said, did I say that, or, or is that on Joe? I thought that was a, a funny interaction with you guys. What's your, what's your scope on where they jump off from here? I think Looney is priority number one. You know, they're a lot of their major decision makers, including Bob Myers. Uh, they're going to be in L.A. Thursday. Free agency kicks off Thursday afternoon. They're still kind of trying to schedule all the meetings. A meeting with Kevon Looney's reps is, you know, high on the list of, of uh, like I said, like priorities. And I think he they just got to bring him back. You know, just considering. Um, what he meant to them this past season, 104 games played, what he emerged into in the playoffs, which was the best offensive rebounder in basketball in the playoffs, the durability and the institutional knowledge and the trust from Draymond Green and Steph Curry when they were at their lowest moment in these playoffs, having getting, gotten beat by, what, 39 or whatever it was in Memphis in game five. Draymond and Steph go to the coaching staff and go start Kevon Looney like that's who we want and uh, as they try to defend this championship next season considering what's under Kevon Looney on the depth chart which is a James Wiseman who enters his third season basically as a rookie still extremely unknown and the idea that they don't want to really prioritize big men beyond that they don't really want to go get another veteran big to me like you just got to bring Kevon Looney back and the price tag on the luxury tax bill would spike depending on how much you give him. You know, it's basically talking to somebody behind the scenes, you know, and all these cap maneuvers are complicated, but it sounds like it's going to be nearly $7 per $1 in tax. So let's say they gave him $8 million, for example. That's basically like a 50-something million dollar tax bill added. So it's expensive. And then we can go on to, you know, down the list. To me, Gary Payton the second is second on that list. But I just think you go into the week with Kavon Looney, like, highest on the priority list.
So do you think the Warriors have put themselves back in a position to where, you know, when they were winning titles before, they became sort of the, the title-chasing destination where you could get guys on the vet minimum and they would show up and say, hey, I'm here to play for this minimum just to go get a title. Uh, you look at guys like, I can't remember exactly what David West's contract looked like, but I, I seem to remember it wasn't all that ex- minimum. There you go. Was, was JaVale McGee the same way? Yeah. Yeah, so minimum. there's a few. Do you, do you think they've now established themselves or reestablished themselves as a veteran minimum type uh, location for guys in free agency if they can't bring back a Gary Payton the second? For sure, because market, chance to win, and just like the environment of the team, which is like, oh, it's very veteran friendly. You know, Steve Crow give guys days off. He lets, you know, leaders kind of run the team at times. They're incredibly appealing to veterans. Like, you know, Ricky Rubio would be a good example. Joe Ingles in this cycle, both those guys coming off ACL injuries. Like, those are examples of, of vets who you could see maybe taking. Maybe they have a little bit more money offered elsewhere, but they would take the minimum to just try to play for a title with the Warriors. But I would say a lot of their roster spots that are ticketed for vet minimums, they're trying to bring their own guys back. You know, perfect examples of that, like Otto Porter. He's a guy who probably could go get a bit more, and maybe they can appeal to him enough to say, hey, take the minimum, come back. Didn't you enjoy your time here? Do you want to be a, you know, you could chase a second ring, essentially. Bielitsa, I know that they are going into free agency interested in bringing those two back. So to me, those are the veteran minimum roster spots. Iguodala is a big question. You know, they're still waiting on word from him if he's retiring or not. If he does retire, maybe that opens up a, a, a ring chasing spot for another veteran. But if he doesn't, you know, if he comes back and says he wants to give it another go, basically in a Udonis Haslam type role, like player coach, they'd be willing to do that. So I just don't know that there will be roster spots for other ring chasers because I think they want to bring their own back. And there's guys who, who are looking at minutes, hopefully for this year, like you mentioned, uh, James Wiseman. What would you hear about him at the end of the season? Because I know the hope was that maybe he would come back the end of the regular season. Maybe he'd help out in the playoffs. We, we were kind of waiting to see what happened. Then he got shut down again. But he was out there getting some work in before some of the playoff games and finals games. What have you heard about James Wiseman and, uh, and what's this summer hold for him? Yeah, me and Shams reported it kind of later in the finals, but he had gone to London in April with Bob Myers to get kind of like a orthobiologic, you know, it's like a plasma treatment on the knee to kind of, I guess, they say like promote healing. It's, it's you know, becoming increasingly popular among athletes just as a way to like, you know, I guess heal a, a body part or, or, you know, an entire body in a sense. And like, I guess vibe I was getting from the team is that that did help. And, you know, it did get him back on the court. You've mentioned some of the videos that were being put out and he suddenly was out there doing, you know, more strenuous activity. They wanted to get him into contact the last couple of weeks. He's kind of being eased into it. Tuesday of this week, Tuesday, Wednesday is kind of somewhat of a checkpoint there. Summer league team is coming together to start practice on Tuesday and they're going to try to get him in more contact. And my sense is that you probably won't see him in the California Classic and Chase Center, but angling towards maybe Summer League in Vegas, you might see him in a few games. They're very hopeful of that. I mean, they need to get him on the floor. He needs not only the reps, but they need to have his body kind of go through, you know, contact stuff so he's ready for camp because, I mean, we talk about big training camps across the league, like who who these are big for. James Wiseman has never had a training camp. He's never had a summer league. This would be his summer league debut, you know, entering his third season. So he just has to not only be healthy, but just be active this summer. And we'll know more about that this week. Yeah, that could be the biggest lottery ticket on the uh, on the Warriors roster, just depending on his health and, and what he becomes this summer and into next season, hopefully. Anthony, always fun catching up, man. Uh, enjoy the next 15 minutes you have until, uh, until free agency starts. We'll talk to you soon. Going to get a quick nap in. I'll see you. (laughs) Good deal.
Good stuff from Anthony Slater there. Uh, some great insight. Yeah, James Wiseman, to me, is still the, the big question mark. You know, there were so many coming into this year. Could Steph stay healthy, uh, at, you know, after the hand injury from a couple of years ago and then had a brilliant season last year? And ultimately, he did get hurt this year and uh, obviously was able to lead the Warriors to an NBA title. There was the questions about Draymond's health, about what Klay Thompson would look like when he returned, and James Wiseman. Uh, James Wiseman, uh, question mark, is still the big one hanging over this team. But getting Kevon Looney back to be your starting center and then maybe having Wiseman work his way in could be beneficial for the Warriors in 2022-2023. Thank you to Anthony Slater. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the top stories in Bay Area sports. We can get into some Giants baseball later this week. And then, of course, NBA free agency, which gets going on Thursday. All that in the days and weeks ahead. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.